Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of JCOS Presents Sound Sociology. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at social mobility and the big overarching question within social stratification, does social class matter? Social mobility is a, a term which will come up uh, usually throughout the year 10 content as well. Um, but social mobility means the movement up and down between society's strata. In other words, people's ability to move up and down the social class ladder. When we think about it from a sociologist's point of view, it's important that we understand the idea of social mobility because it starts to help us to understand what we think becoming upward social mobility is and what become down social mobility is. We live in a society that is based on achieved status as opposed to ascribed. So it asks and opens up lots of questions about what does it mean to work in a meritocratic society? If we are achieving our status, what does it mean to achieve something and subsequently move up? It also gets us thinking about how individuals are rewarded on the basis of their qualities rather than inherited wealth or personal connections to someone. These two factors very much underpin social mobility and get us asking the question, does social class matter anymore if social mobility is truly possible? There are two types of social mobility. There's intra-generational social mobility uh, intra refer to the movement of an individual between social classes in their own lifetime. So for example, someone might st- start out working on a shop floor in Argos and then some, you know, later on in their life they retrain and become a lawyer. They've had within their life upward intra-generational social mobility. Intergenerational social mobility refers to the movement between the generations of a family and how this occurs when a child enters different social classes from his or her parents. Some of the most common ways to think about intergenerational social mobility is how maybe if we went back to the 1960s to uh, northern towns where coal mining was the main primary industry, you know, those were distinctly manual working class based jobs. However, if we go from to the next generation in the 80s, who might have not been might not have been coal miners due to the closure. They might have gone and uh, their children might have gone into other jobs like working for, in a hospital as a nurse. That's upward social mobility. So from each generation, the family member has moved up. Equally, it can go the other way. Social mobility can happen in a range of ways. Education is the most common one to think about in the UK. We use education as a way of bettering ourselves and as a result of that, we have achieved status. But upward social mobility can also happen in terms of marriage. Someone who might marry into someone who has a position of power or wealth. Uh, We see this with things like the royal family and maybe Meghan Markle who has taken her already high status into, into royalty status. Um, Social mobility could also come in the form of inheritance or winning big on the lottery or maybe some kind of occupational movement, e.g. getting a promotion in your job. Barriers towards upward social mobility are some of the classics that we will look at later on 
We can look at discrimination based on ethnicity or gender or just general structural uh, structural obstacles in the way that stop individuals from having that chance to move up. Social mobility um, has a lot to do with the work of Goldthorpe. Goldthorpe looked at, in the 1960s, uh, how everyone was wanting to become middle class or have these middle class aspirations. He called this the embourgement thesis, the idea that people were taking their new kind of norms and values of wanting the white goods in their home, like a fridge or a freezer, a washing machine, a dishwasher, things that we might consider today absolutely the norm, but at that time demonstrated a movement upwards. But he goes on to talk about how this embourgement thesis pretty much kind of underpins uh, a key idea of social mobility, the the striving for betterment. Crompton notes that in Britain, social mobility has been in decline. And a lot of people would argue over the last 10 to 20 years, especially since the 2008 recession, social mobility and actually in some cases intergenerational social mobility has become harder. The people who are currently uh, under the ages of 25 would arguably not have as good as lives as their parents would due to the impact of structural barriers like the recession which has limited their chance of getting property and finding and, and being able to improve their life chances. These types of obstacles have actually made Britain in the 21st century a very difficult place to gain upward social mobility. Uh, The Social Mobility Commission in 2016 found that people from more privileged backgrounds are overrepresented in industries such as investment banking. These banks recruit only from a small elite number of universities such as your Red Bricks, Russell Groups, or your, uh, um, or your Oxford or Cambridge. A candidate suitability may be assessed in relation to their educational background and whether they are the polished finished article, such in the way that they dress, they speak, their accent and their behaviours. This again starts to get us thinking about, well, has social mobility and is social mobility possible in the 21st century when there is already an existing gap which is only getting bigger? And again, if we bring this all the way up to date to 2020 and 2021, the impact of coronavirus has also seen social mobility and the troubles of the working class even highlighted further through the educational gap of online learning. So this all kind of gets us to ask ourselves, does social class matter anymore then? If people have the ability to have social mobility and if people have the ability to work their way up what does it matter if social why why do we why are we so fascinated with social class and part of it is because social class is a british fascination because it helps to separate who we are from who we're not key concepts like class alignment Uh, suggests that, you know, when we think of the working classes, they have a particular political way that they vote. Working classes are associated with voting for Labour. Labour has historically been the working class people's political party. 
However, over recent times, there has been a class D alignment in which it is not necessarily the working class who are always voting for Labour. The working class have shifted their attitudes towards voting Conservative, Liberal, Democrat or even Green Party as well as others. This idea of class alignment and class de-alignment starts again to make us think, well, maybe social class in not just a social or an economic way is no longer plausible, but maybe in a political way, it is also not plausible. Other arguments put forward um, say that the working class has shrunk in size and that's due to things like occupational structures changing, the decline of traditional working class jobs and this is all meant that working class employment has heavily linked to the idea of working class communities disappearing and which also coincides with people not being attached to trade unions which is a common way of seeing uh, a sense of working class identity. The loss of jobs over the traditional working class jobs over the last 40 years has only come to emphasise how much of a gap there is between the rich and the poor. So maybe this does suggest that social class is still important. After all, it's putting forward an argument that the people who once had a voice have no longer had no longer have that voice. So surely that must be suggesting class is important because there's a completely disenfranchised disconnected group in our society. As we approach the end of today's podcast, I want to leave you with this thought and possibly with a four-mark question. Um, Some sociologists argue that class is now less important as a social division. For example, class identity has declined and young people's experiences are increasingly similar regardless of their class backgrounds. So, everyone is maybe judged on meritocratic grounds. But I would argue to think differently and to put yourself in the shoes of those Marxist thinkers and those arguments which suggest that social inequality still exists. In order to ground your knowledge from today's episode, uh, maybe have a go at the following format question. Identify and explain one reason why the importance of class may have declined over the last 50 years. And on that note, uh, good luck with your revision and see you on the next episode of JCOS Presents Sound Sociology.